0: Now, broadcasting on Star Worldwide Networks, it's time for the Fashion Rewired podcast with Brian Hill. During the Fashion Rewired podcast, we chat with successful fashion designers and business entrepreneurs who share their powerful stories of success while providing real-time industry tips, tools, and actionable strategies to execute today with the goal of designing our listeners' brands for success. Now, here's your host,
1: Brian Hill. Welcome to Fashion Rewired. I'm your host, Brian Hill, a self-taught designer and director of Phoenix Fashion Week. I'm super excited to have our next guest, uh, one of my teammates, the director of education of Phoenix Fashion Week, Allison Callaway. But before she got here, she's done a ton of things. So she started her career with degrees from University of Notre Dame and FIT in New York. She has over 25 years of retail expertise and positions covering pretty much every aspect of fashion design, product development, management, buying, and styling. She's worked for major retailers, including Sears, Heartmarks, REI, Coldwater Creek, Zappos.com, and GoDaddy.com. While at Zappos, she actually put together and established a trend department, as well as launching an emerging designer program, which is how her and I met. So uh, that's a lot, Allison. I could keep on going. But tell us a little bit more about your personal life and how you got to here.
0: Yeah, well, I think you covered most, um, most everything, Brian. Um, you know, my passion just is really in helping small businesses get up online, whether it's a designer or a local boutique or, uh, or a retailer.
1: Excellent, excellent. And you and I share a lot of, we care a ton about emerging designers. Uh, we have some amazing, funny stories, how we first met. Um, the short version of this whole thing, <laughs> we were looking to work with zapples.com. We were on our way to a trade show in Las Vegas called the Magic Apparel Show, the largest trade show in the world. And I told my team we had to meet someone from Zappos.com. We were both at the same workshop at the, at the trade show. And the person talking on the stage said something maybe derogatory about Zappos.com. I can't remember exactly. But at the end of the day, he asked if there's anyone in the room from Zappos. And you raised your hand. And I said, out of a sea of people, I found the person I'm going to meet. When the whole crowd left, I walked right up to you. I talked really fast. I told you what I wanted to do with Phoenix Fashion Week and Zappos. And you said, "Uh, excuse me, Brian Hill from Phoenix Fashion Week. I already know your brand, and we were looking to work with you. I was floored, and that's how we started.
0: I know. It was was a crazy day, Brian. But sitting back on my desk was a post-it note saying to contact Brian Hill from Phoenix Fashion Week about a new emerging designer program we had just created at Zappos.com. So it was, it was meant to be.
1: Amazing, amazing. So everything you've done uh, from college, graduate, et cetera, all the different retailers you work with, and now you're sitting at Zappos.com, you know, arguably one of the largest retailers online at the time in the world, and then you had a rewire that happened within the company. Tell me about that.
0: I did, I did. So I'm going to take you back a little bit um, when I was studying at FIT in New York. Um, I was an aspiring designer, had a lot of creative ideas, was ready to kind of take the world by storm. One of my favorite retailers in New York, Henry Bendel, boutique, you know, department store, amazing. At the time, they were full line, accessories, jewelry, apparel, outerwear, everything. Um, Every year, they had an open call for designers. And it was so amazing, the idea that you could just go as a young designer with your latest design, stand up in line and you would get to get in front of the Bendel's buyers, and they would potentially pick you to sell your product in Henry Bendel's. So as a young designer, I was absolutely excited and terrified about that opportunity. Um, and needless to say, I never did actually do it. Um, I had friends that did it, but not me. Um, but that concept of what Henry Bendel was doing, really taking up-and-coming designers, giving them you know, a national platform in New York City, a major retailer to sell their product, was something that always stuck with me. So really, um, kind of you know, flashing forward a little bit, I think it was 2001. I was sitting at Zappos at an all hands meeting. Tony Shea, who was this, who is the CEO of Zappos.com, got up on stage and he announced that they were going to be starting kind of a concept like Shark Tank, where any employee in the company could come in front of the top executives and pitch a business concept. And at the end of the day, they would select one out of the ten pitches actually finance and allow to move forward with their business idea so my husband also worked at zappos.com and as soon as tony made that announcement you know keith leaned over to me and he said he's like you should do your henry bendel idea and it was something that had been in the back of my mind for years i was thinking maybe i open up my own boutique and highlight emerging designers and tell their story through hang tags and you know in boutique presentations, Um, but now here I was working at one of the largest online retailers, and Tony had just made this announcement that they were open to ideas. So I kind of took that and really, um, because the opportunity presented itself, I started formulating what a pitch might look like and what an emerging designer program might look like at zappos.com. So I really spent a lot of time kind of figuring it out. and put together a concept to present to him. But on top of that, I also realized that Zappos.com, being a very um, expansive assortment of product, had stuff for young teenagers and 20-somethings, but also had products for you know a 50-, 60-year-old. And what they were missing were truly boutique experiences as well on their site that had curated assortments of designers that would fit a particular customer's lifestyle. So that was another concept that I had that I was touring around with. Um, And then the final concept that I was thinking about pitching was the idea of that Zappos.com was the first fashion retailer I worked for that never had a trend department. So here were young buyers straight out of college, going to market, not really understanding what the trend direction was. They were relying on their vendors to say that. And then once they made their purchases and got back to the office, The marketing team was trying to put together these big ideas to market to you for the entire season, and they were having to kind of bundle and put together these ideas based on what the buyers bought. And the idea of having a trend department would give solid direction to the buyers prior to going to market. They'd know what the big ideas were, and then they would pick things that fit those big ideas and help to tell these marketing stories we could market to, you know, throughout the season. So those were kind of the three concepts that I was playing around with. and then I ended up partnering with a coworker, and we pitched all three business concepts to Tony um, one Saturday along with the other top executives at Zappos. And they loved all three of the ideas so much that I actually got pulled from my position as a buyer and was given the ability to start a brand new department at Zappos.com. And here I was an entrepreneur within a major retailer getting to create a brand new I love that
1: that because most people working at corporations never get to feel that uh, entrepreneurial um, excitement, something from scratch. Yes, you had a little bit of a support team, which is amazing, but you could also fail in that journey as an entrepreneur within Zappos.com. And so at that point, you had to rewire yourself from being a buyer to an entrepreneur. So tell us about the first step
0: Yeah. After after you made that decision. Yeah, so it was completely different. I mean, what I was about to undertake was nothing I'd ever done before, Um, hadn't really taken on a project like this to this degree. But, um, you know, the first step, I think anyone with a big idea is coming up with a concept. It's really, um, you know, and for me, it started years ago, um, learning about Henry Bendel. Um, But it's an idea, you know, it's an inspiration, it's something you're passionate about, and you just have this gut feeling that it's something that would be successful and it's something that you want to do. Um, you know, also, when you're looking for a concept or an idea, you want to understand if there's a void in the marketplace. You know, what is it about your idea that makes it special and different? Um, and I thought I had something that nobody else was doing. Um, so that was something that drove me. Um, and yeah. then it's, it's finding that opportunity. And for me, gosh, I don't know what, over 20 years had passed since my original idea to finally finding, you know, the source of where I could bring it to life. Um, and I have to say that was a little long. If I had to do it again, I wouldn't, wait, I wouldn't have waited that long. But, um, but opportunities come, you know, when they do. And, and you have to be open to them and you have to be prepared for them when they do arrive. Um,
1: so step one for you was finding a passion and then trying to see if there was a void in the marketplace mm-hmm. for that passion. Mm-hmm. What was Step two.
0: So step two for me, I'm, I'm a researcher and a planner. I have a cr- very creative mind, but then I'm also a detail person. So as soon as I had the idea, had the opportunity, the next thing was to really objectively look at the steps that you needed to execute. Um, you know, and for the purpose of this pitch that I gave to Tony and the executives at Zappos, I took each individual concept and really broke it down to what it would look like on the site. Um, So to start with, how would an emerging designer program look like in terms of a wireframe, and how would it be presented on the site? How would the boutiques look? You know, how could you tell the trend story messages that you wanted to? Um, And so I started breaking it down, also um, looked at what resources would be needed to execute. Um, To the best of my knowledge, I didn't have all the information, but I did my best to estimate that. Um, Talk about timelines, figure out how long it would take to get something up and running, um, and then also costs involved. And then the final part of the pitch um, and the research I did was looking at what the competition was doing. And so where would we, how would it make us different? What was the competition doing kind of in that same space?
1: Excellent, so idea that you're passionate about, you found a void, you fill that void, and then preparing for the pitch, you just planned and research, mm-hmm. amazing. Again, it was a small business you were doing within zappos.com, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming, but I don't wanna say this, what was the point three? Was this third step doing the execution of the pitch?
0: Um, yeah, well, it was the actual execution, but I do, going back to point number two, um, one of the one of the little points of feedback we got from um, the presentation that we gave was that we had spent um, so much time researching, and the attention to detail really was what gave the executive team the confidence to allow me to move forward with these ideas. So, you know, even though I didn't have 100% of what I needed to execute, I had a good 70 75%. Um, and the rest is stuff that you can fill in the blanks later. But I, I had a good enough vision that I gave them confidence to say yes.
1: That is excellent. So, Tell us about the execution of that pitch.
0: Yeah, so um, step three was the execution. Um, so you take that initial framework you have, and you have to break it down into just smaller steps. Um, you know, And for me, I'm an Excel girl, creative, but I love my spreadsheets. So really mapping out for each individual part what are the – What are the steps that need to take? What team is responsible for it? What resources do I need to pull in? Um, How much time do I think it's going to take to execute? So it was a lot of meetings, a lot of getting together with um, the people I'd need on the project and having them give estimates and figure out what we could and couldn't do. Some of the big ideas we had weren't going to be able to be done. But then other ideas surfaced, which were almost better than what we had originally envisioned. Um, So really getting with the teams, mapping out a project, just like you would if you were a project manager. and for me, I put it all on a Excel spreadsheet, so I knew where I was going. Um, and then once we felt it was close enough to move forward, with we just you take a deep you know deep, deep breath and you just get it started. And then you you learn lessons along the way, and you adapt if something doesn't work, and you you figure out Plan B.
1: Right. All of our guests so far all said execute, execute, execute. At the end of the day, an idea is an idea, um, a design is a design. But if you don't execute the sale launch the product, launch the business, do the pitch, nothing's going to happen. So execution mm-hmm. is, at the end of the day, super crucial. Mm-hmm. And even if you come close to executing 100% correct, it's still better than doing nothing on the sidelines, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and if you sit around and wait until you have it 100%, you'll never launch. So you just have to get to a point where you're confident enough to move forward and that you know you can react to anything that comes up, good or bad, along the way. And then you just you dive in.
1: Excellent, excellent. So now you've got this new concept, mm-hmm. right? You have these action steps that are clear in your mind. Did some natural habits develop from your action steps, from the pitch, or some new habits that you formed because now you're in this new position? Can you talk about some of those?
0: Yeah, so I, I think some of the biggest things that, um, that came out of that is I really understood the importance of thoughtful planning. So really, you know, taking these big ideas, but then how do you execute them? Like I've had these great ideas for, you know, over 20 years, but then when it came down to it, it was a lot more difficult than I thought. Um, and you really have to go into a lot of detail and dig deep um, in doing your planning to make sure that you're covering most of your bases. Um, another thing is reacting quickly, you know, things work, things don't work. And if they don't work, you know, that's fine, it's not failure, but then how are you going to react and move forward? And you have to be prepared for anything that comes um, and, and move quickly. Um, and then I think the other big lesson, just because it took me so long to actually execute on this idea is, you know, don't, don't hold on to an idea too long. You know, you have to get to a point where you've just got the confidence to move forward.
1: Sure, sure. So habits for you, thoughtful planning, right? Mm-hmm. Moving quickly, making decisions quickly. A lot of people mm-hmm. paralyzed, again, making decisions. Yes or no, no or yes, 100, 200, whatever it is, just make the decision and move on from it. Mm-hmm. You can always react at mm-hmm. that point, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, don't save your ideas for 20 years.
0: No, That not
1: so you, that means you're working on a new idea right now, apparently,
0: right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent.
1: We always like to thank our sponsors for supporting Fashion Rewired. Phoenix Fashion Week at Talking Sick Resort, October 18 through 20, 2018. Phoenix Fashion Week is the leading fashion industry event in the Southwest. The organization's mission is to bridge the gap between national and international designers and premier retailers and top fashion media. Phoenix Fashion Week's ultimate goal is to garner global exposure for Arizona's fashion industry, through educational fashion seminars, year-round fashion events, and charitable partnerships, Phoenix Fashion Week is gaining rapid acclaim for its community service efforts and for infusing world-class innovation into the Southwest. For more information and tickets, phoenixfashionweek.com. So with you being a fashion maven, I'm going to take you to the garment district now. Okay. Right? So we're going to give you a bunch of questions that we want our designers to live and build from, mm-hmm. some cool lean answers. Um, do you position yourself as a wholesale person or retail person. When you're talking about your product or service that you're offering to the fashion world, are you wholesale or retail?
0: Definitely retail. Um, there's something about the proximity to working with customers, um, being closely involved with them and their experiences. That is what I'm passionate about. Um, for me, wholesale is just one step removed from them. and mm-hmm. I would rather be you know, face-to-face, really connecting with them and what their, their needs and desires are.
1: So deal with uh, direct-to-consumer, One-on-one, we heard that earlier from another guest, uh, Percy from Mm Eleve, he loves the one-on-one sales strategies. Tell me about a sales tool or a digital resource that you use for the direct-to-consumer.
0: You know, I use so many um, in terms of presentations. I mean, I'm old school. I use PowerPoint, you know, to do presentations. It's a very easy way for Mm -hmm. me to kind of gather ideas and put together, you know, mood boards, clipboards of of concepts. Um, But on the other extreme, it's Excel. I know it it seems so basic, but um, it's the one tool that has really, um, throughout my career, whether um, in my personal endeavors or in business, has helped me to really organize myself and, and put projects together. And I know there's other fancy tools and everything that you can use, but I tend to go back just to the
1: basics. I love the basics. I love that whatever makes work for you and your brand, mm-hmm. right? So Excel and PowerPoint are going to get that direct to consumer message that you're trying to communicate. And if that's working for you, that's what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And and that's amazing. Because I use the exact same tools as well and mm-hmm. some others. There's a bunch of fancy mm-hmm. ones, no question. At the end of the day, I'm just trying to work with things that make me work and make me successful mm-hmm. to get my product or service to my end user. At Phoenix Fashion, we get tickets. Is getting people to get in the seats, mm-hmm. etc. I work with an amazing uh, platform called Eventbrite, uh-huh. and we're able to talk to our, our potential guests, our fashionistas that want to come to our fashion shows, and uh, I totally get it. Direct-to-consumer is where I'm living as well. I was a wholesale person before in another lifetime, but now I'm in the direct-to-consumer retail. Um, okay, great. So social media, which uh-huh. we know is not going anywhere. It's only going to increase, and you have a young fashion maven in your household, Mm -hmm. young Kelly Calloway is the next (laughs) big thing in fashion, Kelly Calloway designs. Um, Tell me what social media platform is she using or you're using the most?
0: Okay, yeah. Um, Well, first of all, for for fashion, I think Instagram is huge. Um, Instagram just helps your brand tell a visual story. Um, Whether it's video or still imagery, um, it's a beautiful way to really convey, you know, behind the scenes of what happens with your brand or, you know, beautiful styled lifestyle, you know, photo shoots that you're out doing. Um, So I think Instagram is a very powerful visual way to reach out to your customers. Um, Facebook, I think, um, with a lot of the algorithm changes that they've made has made it more difficult for businesses. But the one thing that I think is really powerful and meaningful With Facebook is the ability that through paid advertising, you can target such a very specific group of people. So if you've got a a very defined message and a very targeted customer you want to reach out to, you can pay to have your your Facebook ad show up in their feed. And if that's your target customer, it could be incredibly beneficial to you as a brand.
1: We are bringing on a Facebook marketing expert in the coming weeks, and we are already talking about that exact thing. Mm and we're gonna be doing more Facebook. People realize, or people think that Facebook is done, but it's so not done. Mm -hmm. If you learn these tools to target your customer to an exact age group, proximity, age, et cetera, you can really do a lot of things. Because earlier we talked to some guests that said, it's all about knowing your customer. Mm -hmm. Facebook gives you that ability to know your customer Mm -hmm. and then talk to them.
0: Mm -hmm. It does, And, and I think the biggest thing with social media is that you really figure out which social media channel works the best in what capacity for you. And not all of them may work for you. Maybe your customer isn't on Facebook. Maybe they're only Snapchat and Instagram, and and you have to be aware of that. And then Facebook doesn't become meaningful. But if your customer is on Facebook, you do have a way to directly, you know, target them. And then I think from a networking perspective, LinkedIn has been priceless throughout my career. Um, Connections I've made there, which at the time um, you accept them, don't seem like they would go anywhere you know, years, years down the road, um, it's a very small world and uh, they turn up as being very important. So um, that's excellent.
1: And when you're consistent, even though you're doing uh, different jobs and going in different directions, your core platform is still very consistent on LinkedIn. And then those things come back and and they like seeds, they, they, Mm -hmm. they grow and Mm -hmm. uh, they, they fulfill different things that you want to do. I love LinkedIn as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. On social media, who are you following that you're most inspired by? Is it, Henry Bendel, or would it, Who would it be?
0: Well, of course, I'm. You know, I'm following all the major, you know, fashion brands because I love. I love seeing the imagery, especially on Instagram. Um, you know, but for me, I'm going through a period of, um, you know, coming, um, formulating another business concept. So I'm looking for a lot of inspiration. So you know, I'm. I'm looking at the Tony Robbins and the Russell Brunsons of of the world, um, and you know, and and related people like that who are really have inspirational messages regarding entrepreneurs. Um, another another person I follow is Melissa Ambrosini. I just finished reading her book and um, have found her incredibly motivating as well, the direction I'm going in.
1: Can you recommend a fashion business resource that all designers should have in their back pocket?
0: Oh, goodness. Fashion resource. Um, You know, it really, once again, depends on on, on what you're going after. There's so many different resources out there. Um, You know, Women's Wear Daily and publications like that are important to stay on top of, of what's going on. You know, I think social media gives you um, instantaneous feedback on the specific topics that you're looking for as well. Um, so it, it just really it depends on what aspect.
1: Excellent, excellent. Um, okay, I'm going to take you back to your much younger self. Maybe <laughs> it's a week earlier, two weeks earlier, who knows? Or it could be in college. Mm-hmm. Um, go back to your younger self, and I want you to give yourself advice to your younger self to help you get to your level of success now but faster.
0: So, I mean, as I mentioned before, it's not to wait too long for your idea and not to feel like it has to be 100% to move forward. You know, get it to your 70%, 75% and then um, trust your gut and and move forward. But make sure that what you're doing is truly something that you're passionate about and that that drives you because, um, you know, it won't feel like work if it's something you're passionately involved in.
1: Right. And it seems to me that whenever someone rewires – A lot of other things happen in their their personal life as well as their business life when they rewire. For you, when you rewired and became an entrepreneur inside Mm Zappos.com, you ultimately moved from Las Vegas to Phoenix, Arizona, which is a benefit to everyone at Phoenix Fashion Week. But it seems that that was like a natural succession for you after you rewired because different things became more important to you. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think rewiring, you know, you're – We get into our comfort zones of really looking at you know where we are in life and we look at things from a certain perspective and i think rewiring is all about just stepping out of that comfort zone and looking at it from a different perspective um and 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 you see things that you haven't seen before and and different things move in in and out of priority for you um and it's important to look at the world in a different way because then you'll see opportunities that maybe have been there the whole time that you've been ignoring because You couldn't see them, you know,
1: through the forest. Exactly. We we talked about this. We talked about uh, you and I, uh, we work together a lot uh, consulting other fashion designers. Mm -hmm. You and I are a great one-two punch. We have different perspectives. I'm sorry, we have the same perspective, but different approaches. And we're really complimentary to each other. And people that work with us love working with you and I. And That's where I feel so blessed that you were actually able to move to Phoenix and to meet Keith and your daughter. And again, she's this burgeoning fashion designer. (laughs) Super exciting. You're going to have her on the podcast down the road for sure. She doesn't have to rewire, though, because she's starting from scratch already in right, the right direction, right, which is right. awesome.
0: Yeah, and I'm trying to teach her from the beginning so exactly. that she's not, she doesn't make the same mistakes I did along the way. <laughs> so hopefully she'll, she'll have a better start.
1: So she is your younger you, in other words. She
0: is. She is. But she's doing it her own way. So you know, exactly. she is not me, and she approaches things differently. So it's, it's, it's giving, you know, giving her the freedom to do it her, her way.
1: Tell me one thing you're excited about for 2018, Allison mm-hmm. Calloway.
0: So I've been really working on a new consulting concept. Um, I'm super excited about, um, and hopefully within the year, it will it will get launched. Um, it's very unique and it will definitely change the way small businesses look at consulting. Um, so I'm still formulating it, you know, pieces work, some pieces don't work, um, but I'm getting really close to the 70%. Excellent. Um, that is, is my barrier to kind of just move forward with it. Um, so hopefully you'll be seeing it soon. I can share.
1: And how can people follow you on social media?
0: Uh, probably LinkedIn is the best at this point, um, to follow me on there under Allison Calloway.
1: With one L. Yes. Excellent. As always on Fashion Rewired, you can upload a free blueprint of Allison Calloway, It's going to follow her one, two, three action steps, as well as inspire you to either follow her directly or just be inspired by her journey. Either way, you'll be able to check it out at Fashion Rewired, the podcast, the blueprint of Allison Calloway. Thank you very much, Allison, for being on today. Super impressed. Like always, I can't wait to have you on regular times on Fashion Rewired. And thank you. The Phoenix Fashion Week Top 40 Model of the Year competition. With each new year of Phoenix Fashion Week, so too begins our various competitions, including Model of the Year, Meant to support and nurture our local fashion talent, this competition has achieved not only immense growth and range, but most importantly, numerous success stories for our models have been involved. More information on Model of the Year, phoenixfashionweek.com slash models.
0: Thank you for joining us for our weekly 30-minute podcast focused on the business of fashion. Fashion Rewired is all about the successful transformation of your mind, perspective, and daily approach to your fashion brand. Make sure you
1: listen next week for the Fashion Rewired podcast with Brian Hill.